This is LAC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit lakeeriechurch.com. Now here's today's message. Talk to you for a little while this morning about uh, this idea of being overwhelmed. Now I know it's traditional. Uh, the first of the year, most pastors are preaching about vision or, or some other type of thought about the new year and where uh, we're going. But I have been especially drawn since the end of November. Uh, I've really been drawn to this idea that we should take a moment and maybe take several Sundays and investigate what's happened to us. What these past nine months since the 15th of March when COVID hit, which really kind of complicated everything. There were other things that were going on at the same time, but COVID just kind of put all of it into chaos. And, and I can't get away from the word overwhelmed because I think that sort of describes where we are. I think by unanimous consent, we could all agree that we have just concluded perhaps the most extraordinary year of our lives. Now my grandparents lived through the Great Depression and I've heard my grandfather and grandmother talk about 1929 and what that was like and I wasn't around then and I wasn't around in 1918 when the great flu epidemic which so many people have compared to what we're experiencing was. But in my lifetime, I think I can honestly say it's been the most extraordinary year of my life. And so I want to go in a different direction for a few weeks here. I think we need it. Maybe, maybe I need it. But I want to talk about this idea that we get overwhelmed by the things that happen. And it's, it's almost as if, and this is the way I describe it, it's, it's like we've been leaking strength and faith and courage all year. I, I tried to think of an analogy, and, and I heard someone say this, and it made sense. It's, it's like when you get up in the morning, and you realize that you did not plug in your cell phone before you went to bed. And it's already flashing the red low battery warning. And you spend all day running around trying to dodge the, the low battery warning and, and looking for places where you can plug in and get a quick charge all day long chasing you. Maybe you feel that way. I tried to think of other words that would describe what I'm trying to say and I'm I've used the word some exhausted. Maybe you can concur with that. Maybe you feel that way. But when I think about the world, I think about the community that we live in. I think about the church that we're a part of. I think about my family and what we've endured and what we've gone through, what the nation has been through this year. The word exhausted seems to describe that for me. Now, everybody's list will be different. 
And I'm not supposing that this is the list for you, but you'll probably connect somewhere in this list. But I know people in our church, they're exhausted with sickness, treatments, chemo, blood draws, more scans, more doctors, more appointments. Exhausted. Maybe for you it's financial stress. But a crazy year for jobs and unemployment. We have one of the young ladies in our church that works in the unemployment office and she said to me the other day, she said, this has been the hardest year of my life. Trying to help people with all the people who needed unemployment benefits. Maybe you've been part of that trying to find a way to keep your bills paid and all that's been going on. What about the political and racial unrest that's been going on this year? It's exhausting. What about this? Just too much social media interaction. If you're like me, you get exhausted with it. In fact, I've had to trim back. And maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I've actually blocked some people this year. I blocked some people because there was just too much that was going on. Maybe you're exhausted from the frustration with all the COVID restrictions. Staying at home, curfews, masks, regulations, restrictions, lockdowns. What about this one? The fear of what's next. What's coming. I just feel like that we've been all been carrying some extra weight this year. And I'm not just talking about ice cream either. It's been an exhausting year for us. But there is hope. There's hope in God's Word. And I want them to put it on the screen. I want you to see it. I want, I want us to focus on this verse of Scripture every week. It's in Matthew chapter 11. And I'll, I'll probably talk a lot about Matthew 11 over the next couple of weeks. But this particular verse is so powerful. Verse 28 and 29 and 30. And when you see it on the screen, let's read it out loud. Because I think it's very, very important. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I want you to mark that passage of Scripture in your Bible. As often as you can think about it, I want you to read that verse of Scripture to yourself. Because I think God wants to say something to us. And I know it's easy. And listen to me. From a heart of burden this morning, I'm telling you. It's easy when you're watching online to get distracted. The kids, the things that are going on. But listen, I'm encouraging you for the next 20 minutes. Limit the, the distractions. The dishes can wait. Turn the pots down. Focus in. Grab your Bible. God wants to say something to somebody in this house today. 
God wants to say something to somebody who's watching this today. I don't want you to miss it. I just believe it's that important. So I want to read a passage of scripture to you from Matthew chapter 26. There, and I tell you up front, there's a lot here. So just be patient. We're going to read through this. And then I'll kind of wrap it all together and neatly finish, hopefully. We'll begin with verse 31 in chapter 26. It should come up on the screen for you there as we go. On the way, Jesus told them, Tonight all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even knew me. Verse 35, no, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. And he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground praying, my father, <clears throat> If it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watching, pray, so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Verse 42. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping. For they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Then skip over, if you would, to verse 69. Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, You are one of those with Jesus the Galilean. Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. <clears throat> Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. 
Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. Verse 73, a little later, some other bystanders came over to Peter and said, You must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. <clears throat> Peter swore, A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Verse 75, suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he went out and wept bitterly. Wow. I don't think any of us would deny that if you ask Peter tonight, today, he would tell you that was his worst moment. That was his worst moment in his life. Do you know, worst moments are interesting. We've lived through some of those this year. And it's interesting about worst moments is that you don't always see them coming. You think about what happened this year. The bankers didn't see it coming. The politicians didn't see it coming. The fam our family, we didn't see it coming. The church didn't see it coming. But worst moments tend to cause things to come to the surface, don't they? In the worst moments, things rise up and come to the surface that might not otherwise come to the surface. Emotions and feelings. And our worst moments tend to bring to the surface these things. And here's what I need you to hear me. Listen to this. How you react is more honest than how you act. How you react in your worst moments is more honest and sincere than how you act. Because your reactions are the truer picture of who you really are. They are the default mechanism that's on the inside of you. Because in most cases you react without thinking. Your reaction is actually who you are. So I want to lift up for you very quickly this morning five things in this passage that I think God is saying to me and He is saying to us. And I really sincerely believe God has something He wants to say to your heart today. You may not connect with every one of these, but I promise you, you'll connect with several. Here they go. Number one, in our worst moments, we tend to overestimate our intentions. We overestimate our intentions. Notice what happened in verse 33. Peter said, if everybody else deserts you, I will never desert you. Peter said, if I have to die, I promise you, I won't desert you. He had the best of intentions, didn't he? And so do we. In fact, first of the year, we always start out with the best of intentions, don't we? I'm going to pay off my credit cards this year. I'm going to lose weight this year. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to pay more attention to my marriage. I'm going to do better in these particular areas of my life. We overestimate our intentions. And we fail to appreciate that our intentions almost always outrun our commitments. 
Our intentions always outrun our commitments. And so I've, I've been trying to analyze in my own life, why? Why do my intentions outrun the commitments that I've made? Because I'm telling you, I, I've made a hundred intentions or more that never came to pass. Why is that? Is it because we put too much confidence in ourselves? Too much confidence in our own ability and our own strength? Is it because we overestimate how much effort and work and dedication is going to be needed? Is it because sometimes our intentions simply are not realistic given the existing circumstances? I mean, if it took you 10 years to get that much debt, you're not going to pay it off in 12 months. Not unless you win the lottery or some other means. Sometimes your expectations are unrealistic given the existing circumstances. So we overestimate our intentions. Peter did. I'm absolutely confident Peter never intended to deny Jesus. But he did. Here's number two. We underestimate how tired we are. We underestimate how tired we are. In fact, I'm confident most of us do not know how tired we are right now. This past year has taken a lot out of us. And we've been running on adrenaline so long. It struck me when I read verse 43. It said, He returned to them again and He found them sleeping for they could not keep their eyes open. You ever been that tired? You ever been that tired? I think sometimes that we fail to appreciate how tired we actually are. And then that weariness leads us to bad decisions, bad choices. The disciples with Jesus were unaware of how significant the moment was because they were just too tired. It was the biggest moment of their relationship with Jesus Christ and they couldn't keep their eyes open because they were so tired. Not only once, but three different times. You may not be able to relate to that, but I can. When I was a teenage evangelist in the late 70s, about 17, 18 years old, I'd go anywhere to preach. And I remember that this pastor called me from Richmond, Virginia. And he asked me if I would come and preach for him on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. And he insisted that he wanted that Sunday night as well. So you know what I did? I said, sure. I didn't take time to calculate what it was going to cost me, but I, I said, sure. So I had just finished a revival on Friday night. And I was scheduled to start another revival in, in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina on Monday night. So I'm going to hightail it up to Richmond, Virginia on Sunday. So I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning and left. And I drove six hours to Richmond. I preached Sunday morning and I preached Sunday night and I got in the car at 8.30 and I started toward home. Six more hours. I don't remember exactly what time it was, but when I woke up, I was in the median of that interstate highway, Interstate 95, 
And I was doing 70 miles an hour and rock and gravel were, and grass was going everywhere. I was flying down the middle of that median because I'd fallen asleep while I was driving. Only the grace of God. I've thought about it several times this week. Only by the grace of God am I ever even standing up here in front of you. If I'd have hit a bridge support, if I'd have hit some kind or driven off into some water, I would not even be here today. I didn't realize how tired I was. You know what happens when you get real tired like that, that your cognitive skills aren't as good. You're not as sharp. You don't recognize the moments. You don't realize the alertness is gone. The functionality suffers. And when Jesus needed them to be their best, they were unable to respond because they underestimated how tired they were. Here's the third one. In our worst moments, we overestimate our own strength. We overestimate our own strength. Look at verse 51. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Now, because of John 18, we know this is Peter. Peter's the one that picked up the sword and struck the ear. He overestimated his own strength. Think about the absurdity that Peter thought he could take on the whole army by himself. If something needs to be done, I'll do it. Give me a sword. I'll take them all on. And he overestimated his own strength. Jesus rebuked Peter because it wasn't Peter's strength that Jesus needed. Jesus had all the strength that he would need at his disposal. And you and I in our worst moments at times, we fall victim to thinking that we are stronger and more capable than we actually are. That we can just pull it together and we can do it because of our strength. And we don't appreciate the fact that without Jesus, we are powerless. Here's the fourth one. We overestimate our willpower. We overestimate our willpower. Verse 73, a little later, some of the bystanders came over to Peter and said, You must be one of them. I can tell by your accent. And Peter swore... A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. Peter overestimated his willpower. With boldness he said to Jesus, I will never deny you. I will never deny you. And Jesus said three times tonight you will. Peter overestimated his own willpower. Now listen, be clear about this. I'm absolutely positive in my mind that Peter never intended to deny the Lord. But when the moment came, he overestimated his own willpower. How many times have you said to yourself, I'm going to stop doing that? I've got to stop doing that. I can do that. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to stop this nasty habit. I'm going to stop this particular addiction. I'm going to stop what I'm doing here. And we overestimate our own willpower. And we somehow or another fail to appreciate that willpower is in fact a commodity. And every time you put yourself in a position where you need willpower, you're depleting your own willpower. 
And it gets easier and easier to override your conscience. And override your intentions. And override your convictions. Because you deplete your willpower. You know, the Apostle Paul had a moment one time with the Lord when he said to the Lord, I want you to remove this thorn in the flesh from me. And the Lord said to him, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. That's what God said to Paul. The greatness of my power is seen in your weakness. So Paul goes on to say, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. So that the power of Christ may work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and trouble that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. There is nothing wrong with putting your faith and confidence in God and saying, I can't do this without you. In fact, the only way you will be able to overcome the only way that you'll be able to overcome your habit. The only way you'll be able to overcome your addiction. The only way you'll be able to overcome the bad attitudes and the difficulties that you've been having. The only way you'll overcome the things that have wrestled you to the ground this year. Your depression, your anxieties, your fears, and all of your struggles. You'll only do it in the strength of God. You cannot... You cannot allow yourself to overestimate your own strength. You're a human being. You won't be able to do it. Here's the last one. We underestimate the power of prayer. We overestimate our intentions. We, we underestimate the power of we overestimate our strength. We overestimate our willpower. We underestimate how tired we are. But we always underestimate the power of prayer. Notice what Jesus said in verse 41. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing. The body is weak. You know what struck me this week? And putting the last thoughts of this together is on the biggest night of Jesus' life. His human life on this earth. The biggest night of his life. Knowing what he was about to face, Jesus chose prayer. He chose prayer. That ought to speak to every one of us. That ought to say something to us. That in the biggest moments of our life, choose prayer. Oh, what needless pains we carry only because we do not pray, the songwriter said. Because we've chosen not to pray, we carry these unnecessary burdens. Here's what I'm learning about me. This is me. The gap between the person I am and the person that I want to be 
is prayer. It's not more resolution. It's not more willpower. It's not more strength. It's prayer. The gap between the person that I am and the person that I want to be is prayer. And so I'm saying to you on this Sunday morning, as we look out toward the future and we remember where we have been this last year and we look toward the future of this coming year that maybe the best decision you could make this morning, the biggest decision you could make this year would be to recommit yourself to prayer. To make prayer a fresh new commitment of your life. Because nothing will have a greater impact on you than prayer. And can I just be honest? And I want to be honest. I want this to be authentic. I don't want you to... I'm not talking to you about things I don't talk to about my own self. When I don't pray, I know it. If I don't pray for a day or two, I'll know it. Because those old demons start coming back. The fears, the insecurities, the overreactions, the self-doubts. And if I don't pray for a length of time, you'll know it. Because you'll start seeing the evidences in the way that I treat you. The way that I talk to you. There's no way to live this life. There's no way to go into this year without being committed to pray. And so let's do that. Back in the year 1998, I let myself get into a bad spot. Not blaming anybody. I did it to myself. I became overwhelmed with fear and anxiety, so much so that I began to be treated by a doctor. And I couldn't get away from it. I, I didn't want to function. I, I, I just, I had such a spirit that had come on me that I didn't want to function. I couldn't do anything. Didn't have any desire to do anything. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to do anything. And a good friend one day came to me and he handed me a piece of paper and he said, God wanted you to have this. I opened it up and there were 22 references on that piece of paper to who God was. And I held that piece of paper and I felt like I heard the impression of God in my spirit to say, what's happened to you is you forgot who I was. I think it's been easy in 2020 for us to forget how big God is. I think it's been easy for us to get overwhelmed with the stuff that's been happening in our families, in our marriages, in our finances, in our careers, in our minds, in our bodies, whatever it may be. Some of you listening to me today, you have fought cancer tooth and toenail all year long and you're exhausted. thought of having to go back for more chemo. The 
thought of having to spend another year fighting that battle. It wears you out. What you need to hear me say this morning, quit fighting the battle by yourself. Rediscover another level in prayer. Allow the love of God to embrace you. Some of you have had issues in your marriage this year. Devastating issues in your marriage. And you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. You don't see any outcome that brings back the joy that you lost. Rediscover your prayer. Allow the God who once gave you joy give it to you again and recognize that joy doesn't come because of somebody it comes because of your relationship with Jesus Christ somebody said to me I don't know if I'll be able to dig out of the financial mess this year got me into with my business listen to the word of the Lord my God shall supply all of your needs according to your riches and glory according to his riches and Rediscover prayer. Give the business back to God. Quit trying to carry it on your own. Stop overestimating your own strength and your own willpower. And allow the Lord to freshly release you. Release you. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.